Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, tuning in from all around the world, across the U.S. This is Steve Zekas, host of the one and only Dominate the Deal podcast, The Sinatra Swap. Today's guest is former professional hockey player who represented Austria in the national level, Dieter Kult here. He's a guy who had a dream as a kid of becoming a professional hockey player. He believed in himself and established an incredibly rock-solid work ethic to fulfill his dreams. His passion is spending time with his kids and his family, but also helping others reach their goals and live in their passions in life. He's very interested in the future of education, where it's going to lead into finding and developing talent and having a great connection with not just having a healthy body, but also a healthy mind as well and how the two are connected, are one and the same. And I'm very happy to have Dieter Colt here as an honorary guest on Dominate the Deal. So Dieter, welcome to Dominate the Deal, sir. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. It's an honor. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And like I said, the door's always welcome for you to join any other time. But I really wanted to get into it. You know, I mentioned that you were a professional hockey player. That's but right. That's right. Yeah. It started out as a little kid. Can you just give the audience just an idea of how you got inspired to play hockey? Well, I come, first of all, I, I come from a sports family. Uh, my dad used to be a hockey player, a semi-professional hockey player in the 60s and 70s. And uh, then he was the manager of the Austrian national team for many years, uh, which was not his uh, prime job, but uh, that was his, uh, you know, his passion to work uh, inside hockey. And then he became the president of the Austrian Hockey Federation for like 25 years. So um, this part has been in my family before. My mother was uh, ski racing when she was young. So I guess uh, there was a mix of genes that uh, made it possible for me to be uh, pretty good in, in, in any kind of sport I tried. So I was, I was having fun uh, moving around and goofing around as a kid. But I, you know, matter of the fact, I think I could skate before I was able to walk or I would stand on my skates anyway, you know, really early. So then the seed was planted and I guess... Uh, um, it, it never left me it became my biggest my biggest passion and uh, uh of course you know as a kid you, you start dreaming you know first you just do whatever is uh, the most fun and you play it's all about play and all about fun and uh you know if you got that competitive uh, gene in you you know it's you're fond of uh, playing games and you want to win if you play those games and, and you're in the group with friends, you know, and that's really what team sport is all about, you know, uh, best case scenario, you're in a group with uh, your best friends and doing what you love the most. So this would happen to me during my, my childhood. And it got more serious, of course, you know, as time went on and, and uh, you know, it was more practice. But, you know, not even the practice, uh, not even the practice with the team or at the hockey rink. It was, you know, practice all day because after school, you know, I would get, get home just like all the other kids and then go out and play soccer and climb trees and, 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 and play hockey, play street hockey, play tennis, whatever was available to us or just hide and seek, this kind of stuff. So it was practice all the time, pretty much. So, yeah, well, that was my story of my, the story of my childhood. But, I, you know, I had, the tal I had different talents, I guess, you know, um, the term talent, you know, is something that we might want to speak uh, about a little later. But, you know, I had a few predispositions, you know, uh, where I could be good at 
and one talent of course was uh, um, um, I could work I can work hard if I put my mind into stuff um, I'm not giving up I want I trying to push myself and push myself and push myself and just want to be you know better every day feel good about myself and and then be better than others and and um, and that was you know that that's a big plus for sure um, that that is the basis of, of uh, every success I guess it's just that kind of work ethic that working hard is not something that you have to sacrifice things for it's it's just normal it's in your blood and that was the case with me so that gave me a chance to develop my level uh, and to develop my talent and to move in the ranks and I was uh, um, I was able to play with a professional hockey you know even before I before I uh, finished school. So I was really young in my first pro um, ice hockey game in my hometown. Uh, the, the club I was representing in my hometown, the name is KAC. They just won the championship last night, actually. Again, the pro team. Um, it's, it's a very, uh, um, it's an old uh, um, club. It's, you know, it's got a lot of tradition, a lot of titles on the belt, you know, one of the most prestigious uh, sport brands in, in Austria, especially in the South of Austria, where I come from. Hockey is the biggest sport. Um, there's a lot of frozen ponds and there's a big rivalry between the Klagenfurt, my hometown, and Filak, like blue collar against uh, white collar, kind of, kind of this, this theme. So there was a uh, growing up in this kind of environment. It's a very competitive environment. Everybody knew about the club. Everybody knew about hockey. Everybody knows the players. So that's the, that's the kind of environment I grew up in. And then, I, you know, when I saw that chance that, you know what, I'm good. I have, I have uh, a lot of ingredients of what it takes. Um, I made the decision. This is what I, this is what I want to do, you know, um, and I want to go for it. Um, my parents didn't necessarily like that idea too much. Um, my mother was always worried that I'm going to ruin my body um, doing professional sports and uh, dealing with all the pressure and all the things that come with it. Um, my dad he was not against it, but he cho he chose a, a different path for himself, um, studying at the same time while playing. When there was not enough money involved to be professional, first of all, and second of all, just a smart thing to do, you know, not putting everything on one card. But I'm a different, a little bit different type of guy. I chose a different path. I said, okay, if I, if I want to make it, I want to have to focus 100% on what I'm, what I'm doing. And that's, and that's what I did. And, uh, and I, was, I felt very fortunate. But that was really the story of a boy having a dream and then starting to live his dream. So... Um, Unfortunately, you know, that only goes so long, you know, um, professional athletes, the day comes where the body says enough is enough. And uh, so that's, that's the only bad thing about choosing professional sports. You know, you sacrifice, you might sacrifice your health. You got to be ready to, to, do, to, to uh, sacrifice this. Um, and it can't go on forever. That's the bad thing about it, you know. So um, think about it twice <laughs> if you want to, if you choose uh, this kind of path. But other than that, it was, you know, it was a great ride. I was really lucky. Um, bes this, despite all the things or beside all the things that I was able to influence, you know, like being prepared, being mentally prepared and physically prepared and, and all the things that I learned on the way, all the failures and all the successes that made me um, who I am right now. Um, I, I still feel very grateful for what I had and what the sport has given me. And, and now I'm in, you know, in that stage that, you know, I'm starting to give back. Um, I was in coaching after I, I quit my professional career after 22 years uh, professionally. I think I had like, had like 1,350 games uh, on a professional level. 
And uh, so um, I was very fortunate, you know, no big injuries whatsoever throughout my whole career. Um, so that was also something that there was a big, big factor, of course, for a long career. And then I became a coach and uh, then I became manager, um, head of uh, players development in a club for a couple of years. So I had a chance to learn about the planning and, 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 and the vision, you know, for a club and and then I went into management uh, for the professional teams as well. And that meant, uh, you know, all the business parts of it that I have been uh, familiar with throughout all my career because of my family situation, because I had uh, both sides of the coin in my family all the time. So big advantages. So, yeah, that's kind of my, my story um, so far. And, uh, and my, biggest, my biggest advantage was that I grew up in an environment where winning was the only option, really. That was the, the whole club was about this. In every age group, it was like that, you know. There was no question of who would be in the finals at the end of the year and who would have a chance to win. So you grow up with this kind of mindset. There, there's nothing else than your second place, first loser, this kind of uh, mentality. Um, and then I went from club to club throughout my career. career. I wanted always, you know, my goal was to get better and to get, reach more and more and more and show how good I can be every year. That was my that was my uh, my drive or my 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 uh, my biggest goal to get better and to show how good I can be and to feel good about myself, you know, to improve. And uh, and, and I did that by joining clubs that had the same kind of mentality. Um, so I was hired by you know by teams who were winning all the time. So that's the only thing I got to know throughout my whole career. And in team sports, that is extraordinary um and not not only you know i had a little part in that kind of success um but i think because of the things that the personality i bring i brought in and the skills i brought in and the mindset and the winning attitude um you kind of get drawn towards winning organizations or smart recruiters or scouts they're looking at at the right ingredients and to get the right kind of character and the right kind of uh, uh, roles filled out on their team. So I jumped from winning organization to winning organization. And that, you know, 22 years, I was in 15 finals and, uh, and won eight titles in different countries or was part of that. So looking back, I never saw it that way when I was still playing. But looking back, you know, I, I know I'm extremely grateful of all the experiences I had and all the differences that I saw, what, what makes winners winners and uh, and losers losers you know to make it sound really bad you know i didn't i don't mean it in the bad way but there's certain ingredients that winning organizations clubs or people bring to the table that just raise the possibility of uh, success yeah that's my story and that's what i'm that's what i'm uh, trying to pass on to future generations now and to anybody who needs help in development that's an incredible story and, you know, thank you for sharing. I just wanted to point out a few things, you know, first of all, just to kind of piggyback off, you know, you said in 22 years, you went to the finals 15 times, if I'm correct. Yes. And yes. you, out of those 15, you won eight. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't figured out, Dieter Colt's not used to losing here. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? Uh, losing sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bad it's feeling. It's not fun. Hey, fuck. Oh my God. It's like the worst feeling. You feel like you're, you're this big, you're this big guy. And then you shrink into like one of these, um, little like Russian dolls. Like, you know, like the little, the, the, the egg toys. It's yeah. like you screw one up and it gets smaller and smaller each time. No, you mentioned an, an interesting dynamic 
which yeah. was you played professional hockey for 22 years and then you really wanted to hone in on the business side of things on yeah. creating a vision for a club and establishing a winning culture right now is that one of the I guess one of the core values you have in your life to leave a legacy behind where Dieter call it's, it's more than just being a great professional hockey player who's had all this success as a player. You want to be able to give back and contribute to developing the game of hockey and helping people become successful outside in life as well. Well, there's, there's this, this different aspects to it. And, and, and don't get me wrong. And when I said, you know, uh, losing sucks. Yes, losing sucks. And winning is great. But not at all costs. You know, um, it's, it's not about the, it's not so much about that moment of winning. It's about what, how much work you put in as a group and the feeling, the emotions that you build up. And, uh, and you get to know what you, what you give away from yourself all year to help others on your team because you know you cannot be successful all by yourself you know you need everybody and that's the great thing about about why why i think team sports are so important for for everybody for every kid should be in some kind of sport at least and and, and team sport if possible because you learn so much about all the group dynamics and the social things that the, 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 the important points that you're going to lose in everyday life um, outside that hockey. You know, hockey is just one thing. It's, it's one sport. It's a game and it's a business. Um, but for most of the people in the world, it's a game. Um, so, and it should stay that, it should stay that way too. Um, so winning is not everything. Um, I wouldn't say um, I have to win in everything all the time. No, only when it's worth fighting for and when you put a lot of work in. And if you win it in the right way. Um, so this is really important for me to, to uh, understand that, you know, um, there is a certain, and that's what I like about the, this kind of sport. Um, that's the one I know the best, ice hockey. There's a lot of uh, honor still in that, in that sport. Um, what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to behave and what is not accepted. And what is not accepted even inside your group, like, you know, cheating to win, this kind of stuff. There's just some things you don't do. And, and if you do it and you win that way, then the win is worth, isn't worth anything, you know? So I guess there's a lot of sports, there's still a lot of sports, team sports out there who are, you know, who, who have the same kind of uh, ethic code. So I like that about that sport. And that's, that's how I feel about winning uh, as well. And, and then looking at the other side um, um, of it, uh, and that's really the most, you know, the, the most important side of it uh, um, for me learning about the business side and the development side. Um, and I always looked at it as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I have four kids. Um, I want to help my kids find their passion and their talent, wherever that lies. It doesn't matter if it's sports, if it's somewhere else, you know, just find it, you know, give them a chance to find their passion and then give them the right environment so they can, work on their passion and have fun with it and because then they have the potential to become great at it and there's nothing more fun than doing something and becoming better at it you know and then whatever they do out of it or make out of it then it's it's totally up to them i can only i can only guide but that needs a certain environment and uh, when i wanted when i was talking about youth development and what kind of culture we want to we want to uh, build in that in that club the first question was you know where would I send my kids to? 
what kind of, you know, they're going to they're gonna spend 20 hours a week in our club at the age of now, you know, 10, 11, 12, and then it gets more and more as the older they get. It's quite, it's quite demanding, not only practice, but just being together with, uh, with uh, people in groups, with coaches. So what kind of, you know, what kind of culture do we want to have, you know? And that, that's just as simple as, you know, coming in in the morning and just looking everybody in the eye and saying good morning, you know, being friendly, being polite, you know, treat everybody the way you want to be treated yourself. That's the number one. And that's, that's the most important rule. And there's you know, not, not much more you have to say, really. Treat everybody with, with, with respect. And if we can create this kind of uh, culture, that nobody thinks he's better than somebody else because of, you know, or nobody feels he's entitled to anything, you know, everything has to be earned, you know, and there's going to be positive feedback and there's going to be criticism, criticism if, if, if needed. And just, you know, having a good time together and knowing where you come from. Um, this kind of atmosphere to build uh, and then combine with the knowledge of the hockey people that I, that I put together, you know, all the coaches that we, the, all the people from different countries and different backgrounds is okay let's discuss you know what what have we learned internationally in the last you know uh, 10 15 20 years and 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 now we have the chance to build something it's not like we we going to invent the we, the wheel or that we need to invent the wheel but you know we're going to put everything we have you know we're going to approach this the same way that we did approach our career with uh, total passion and let's put our names behind it. So let's, you know, better make sure we're going to be good at what we're doing. And then let's see what happens, you know. And uh, that was the thing. We wanted to change things because we were always kind of uh, standing still. We wanted to raise the bar in everything. So we said, okay, um, let's see what happens. You know, we got to change something. We're going to do this, 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 this. And in 10 years from now, hopefully, five to 10 years from now, we're going to see a big difference. And that was tough for, for guys coming from professional hockey where you get instant feedback you know every day you know you get up in the morning you know how your body feels you know okay today i'm gonna have this problem this problem i need to work on this need to work on this and you go and practice and you know i was good i was i sucked you know coaches pissed or you know we lose we win that's instant feedback right away that's a lot of rushes and hormone rushes all the time and then you step out of this in the background and you starting to work uh, planning long term and then you know all you get is the you know you're the garbage can in management you know as the boss you know everybody just comes to complain about stuff and about the good stuff nobody ever <laughs> mentions anything you know yeah yeah so, and that's so hard you know that's so hard and then we were you know we were struggling like okay we have no clue what we're doing we're hoping we're doing the best you know that is going to work and you have those ups and those downs, you know, like, okay, well, you know, let's just close everything down. Nothing's going to work anyways. This kind of feeling, you know, and yeah. then the next week comes this high, you know, the kids are working great, you know, and, and, you know, you're working with teenage kids, you know, there's a lot, a whole group between 16 and 18, like, you know, one day you get this and the next day you get that and you don't know the, you know, what, what the hell happened? You know, this kind of stuff really frustrating for coaches sometimes. So, but that was a great lesson for us and, and the mindset and, and, and how we dealt with everything during our playing careers helped us a lot to deal with that kind of frustration and those kind of the, the resistance that we faced in, in that way. But there was the interesting part to trying to build something together, you know, um, and, and uh, it, it turned out that it, it worked out really well, you know, just by changing little things really. Um, it, it developed a lot during the years, you know, and, and, and now after five years, 
um, on the Austrian level, you know, they have been winning every age group, uh, you know, um, under 11, you know, 12, 13, 14, 16, 18, and they won the championship uh, with the pros uh, this year, which was my responsibility still last year. You know, I'm not working with that club anymore, but I still put a lot of, you know, like uh, 70% of that team together um, um, that still played this year. So it's always a process. It's not one person doing something extraordinary and then suddenly there's success overnight. It's always a process. Um, but but it's, it's a great feeling to see that, that the thoughts that we had back then started to work. And it was not rocket science. It was just hard work and sticking with it and, and actually overcoming that resistance that came from everywhere. Just because people don't like change. You know, they're afraid of change, you know. What's going to happen? You know, if you've always done it like this, it's been like this for 30 years, you know, we're never going to change it. You know, it's never going to work, all this kind of BS. And uh, we just didn't accept that and fought through it, you know, even through the tough times. And then at the end, you see a result. And, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the trophy, so to speak, you know, that you have as a professional athlete. And uh, there was, you know, many great lessons to learn. And, and I really wanted to get that feeling and step away from the professional side of it and from that rhythm that I knew for over two decades, you know, 24 years with the coach, 25 years almost with the coaching. Um, and that, you know, it, I know it makes me sound, it, 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 it makes me sound really old. I'm not that old, you know, I just started young. Um, so, so, but it's been a long, it's been a long time. And so I wanted to get the feeling to build something and to know something else and, and get involved in all the, the, the business talks, you know, the negotiations with the politicians, you know, to get, you know, um, to get to fundraising, you know, and, and, and to uh, rebuild the hockey rink. And, and you're talking about, you know, with the, with the government about uh, money and, and all this kind of, all this kind of stuff that was totally new to me. Um, I wanted to uh, challenge myself to get good in that and see if I can do that too and build something. So, um, and, uh, and, and then I got the chance to work as a sport director being in the professional part again, and, uh, and but being responsible for everything, you know, from, from uh, um, how we start working with the three-year-olds that touched the ice the first time yeah. um, to professional you know business of professional hockey selling tickets you know getting sponsors you know um firing uh, people hiring guys you know talking to scouts and and traveling around all this kind of stuff that i was really familiar with you know that was my world and i know you know you, you don't get many chances to screw up you know then you're out of here um that's the way it is so um and and that's what happened to me um finally with which is inevitable and uh, sooner or later not a great feeling but uh, I was prepared for that as well. So, um, and I'm really grateful for also for this time that the learning curve was really steep. And, uh, and, and this is, you know, if I, if, I, if I sum it all up, you know, it, it's just a, a big picture of so, many, of so many years of experience in different things. And, and, and what it all comes down to, and that's my biggest point where it was interesting for me, um, is it's all about the human factor that makes a difference at the end. You know, talk about business here and there, you know, it's always decided between humans, success or failure. So, yeah. I, I, I agree. Sports is very, what have you done for me now? 
It's very cutthroat. You know, you could be the hero today and then tomorrow you could be the zero and nobody cares about you. And it seems you, you have a lot of these life lessons that you could teach people that are very practical, not just to hockey, but to life as well. What would you say are like your four or five, you know, core principles um, one of them, I would say, it seems like comp- you're, you're very competitive, you know, have a competitive drive, and you know, have a purpose. And But what do you think are some other principles that people should obtain in order to become not just successful in business, but also in life? Hmm. Well, everybody, everybody is different. You know, if, if from, talking from a coaching standpoint, and I go back to sports again, if, you, if you're coaching a team, if somebody comes in um, with a set way of doing things, you know, um, it might work for some time. But since everybody is different, it might fit for this person and it might not fit for the other person. So you can, you can kind of treat everybody the same and put everything, you know, under one, one kind of, uh, um, I call that uh, umbrella, so to speak, yes. you know, set really strict rules. Um, but it's only going to take you so far. For me, the, the, the key to success in coaching is that first you analyze the situation. Who are you dealing with? What's the goal? What could be the common the goal that you set for the whole group that everybody accepts and it has to become their goal, like our goal together? And then you have to get to know the people on a, on a, on a personal level, really, and, and understand what drives them, especially with, you know, when you talk, it's all big business, you know, and that's, it's easy to put it that way. Oh, it's business, you know, it's all business, it's all business, because then you have, don't have to deal with the hard stuff, with the emotional stuff, because you can, you can always say, well, that was a business decision, you know, plain numbers, you know, no problem. You know, they, they should know they get paid for that, you know, but it's, it's totally not true. You're dealing with humans, you know, and, 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 and getting treated like a number, it hurts, you know, and, and everybody, you know, somebody who says it's, you know, he doesn't care and it's just a way to protect himself, you know, and, 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 and you have to grow a thick skin. Yes. You if you play that game or you know you go into that in that in that area, you know that uh, what kind of people sometimes you're gonna deal with. You gotta be ready for this kind of stuff. But it doesn't matter that. Uh, but it doesn't mean that first of all it cannot be changed. And there's a lot of organizations and and there's good people out there, who especially on the highest level, on the level that you see, you know, that you and I see in the highlights, you know, NHL or NFL or NBA or you know Champions League soccer in, in Europe or, you know there's a lot of people who know how to treat people and where it's you know might be a business on the outside but on the inside you know their success is due to because they're great humans working together and treating guys like they're supposed to be treated or girls like they're supposed to be treated so but overall you know it's it's it, it's uh, stone cold at times and it doesn't have to be so when I what I would say what I would say to people, um, sport is a great a great way to learn um, how to become. But let's let me put it uh, in another way. When I was talking about youth develop, development, um, uh, what we were discussing a lot of times was definition of success for us. 
um, what kind of definition of success do you have from your from the board, you know, for example, or from the owner or for the you know, people where the money comes from about developing youth? Is it only what it counts when you when you count how many guys go through your ranks and then actually make it to pro? Like talking about producing pro athletes, which is a terrible terrible way of uh, talking about uh, humans or or, or kids, um, yeah. or what about the other part, you know, because, you know, you have to understand most of the clubs, especially here in, in, in Europe, um, are clubs that are not run professionally, where it's just, you know, um, kids having fun and uh, people work for free, coaches work for free. Um, everything is, you know, non-profit. Um, and, and many of those clubs also have the pro division um, for professional, uh, in the, the professional team in the, in the adult sector, you know. So you're kind of combining two totally different worlds, you know, one of the business and one just, you know, um, kids having fun or growing up together and you're trying to, how many, you know, seek the definition of success many times. Okay. What are you doing in this semi, in this fun sector, in this development sector, um, teaching sector to produce pro athletes, you know, and, uh, and, and that totally changed here in Europe because you cannot compare, you know, it's, it's drifting apart. There's no chance of, of, of uh, having the environment and, and the needs, you know, um, uh, the stuff that you need to get even close to uh, what the professional sector is doing regarding preparation, practice, all the science behind it. You know, you have nutritionists, you have mental uh, you have you have uh, um, um, psychologists working with the teams. You know everything is built up so it's it's eleven months a year. You know there's no breaks anymore. Um, so what we said was okay. We have to redefine. We have to redefine success. What is really important? We know only you know one or one percent of all the kids that are starting to play hockey are gonna and want to become think they want to become pro. Um, are going to make it. That's just the reality of it, but not only in this sport. It's, it's, it's everywhere the same. So it's a numbers game for one and for sure a, a name or you know, a, a matter of quality, how you work and how much effort you, you put in in development. But what about those, you know, let's, let's talk. We had like 300 kids in our club who played the, in different age groups. So we knew, you know, if we work hard, you know, chances are, you know, it's you know five six could make it um, if we're lucky if they don't leave to go place in overseas or in scandinavia when they're like 14 15 if we can build a perspective to keep them here and, and help them but what about the rest you know and it happened in the past so much that you, you start talking about uh, um, um, results and about you know uh, how much you, how many you produce to become professionals that you know there's you know there's a big gap between okay those are the talented ones we're going to work with them and the other ones we just need you know to, to have a team and but we're not you don't even care so much about them you know and that was really bad looking at the 18 19 year olds leaving clubs after 10 12 13 14 years being in that sport putting all the passion and all the love in it and then going into the world and feeling like a huge failure I mean, that's the worst that can happen, you know, coming yeah. out of school, so to speak, thinking that you're nobody, you know, the only thing that you really love, you're not good at and nobody needs you. Well, I mean, think about that. Yeah. And it happens in school too, you know, and that's something that really, that really bothers me and, and that really makes me, makes me think, you know, about 
wanting to change things, you know, um, that's a totally wrong way. You know, we should be looking at not, you know, even, and I come from this kind of sector from the sports, but it's the same pretty much everywhere. That it, it should be the, the ultimate goal is, you know, to teach um, everything to a certain standard that you need, you know, like uh, all, the, all the things that you still learn in school, obviously. But then, you know, the goal should be to find the specific talents um, of kids. It might be math, it might be drawing, it might be music, it might be, you know, athletic ability, whatever it is, and then nurture that so they can become awesome in that particular field. But what happens most of the time is that, okay, I suck in math, really have to work hard in math, you know, push, 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 push in math, so you can hit average, and then it's fine. Nobody can see anything, because average is fine, you know? And, what, and, and the stuff that guys are really, or girls are really good at, well, you don't have to work on that because you're good already, you know, that's, you know, you're better than average. You know, and that's a totally different approach, you know, that, that, that culture of failure, you know, you're not supposed to fail and you have to work on the stuff that you're weak. Well, yes, that's right. Maybe to hit a certain level in, in my opinion, but what keeps you, and that comes from sport too, you know, we want to go, if you want to become really good, there's a certain entry barrier for a certain leagues, you know, and it gets higher and higher, the higher the league, the, the level of the league is, and then you have to be good in every aspect of the game and the mental part and the physical part you know, in order to have a chance to play once, you know, but what keeps in the league is something that you do better than others. The special thing, the creativity maybe, or the sacrificing or the, the bite, the grit, whatever it is on a certain position that, that you have to fulfill, that's going to keep you. That's, that's, that was my, that was, I was telling as a sport director, Hey guys, you have to understand, you know, I cannot compare apples with uh, pears, you know, the six foot four guy, who cannot move well, but is, you know, he's, you know, he's really strong in the corners and he's going to be a certain type of player and he has his strength and he has to be, you know, focused on this one to get really good in this. And the other guy, he just has the feeling, you know, where to be and, 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 and to score, you know, a quick release of the puck, all with the technical stuff. So know what, who you are, know what you have to work at and, and then, you know, have coaches and mentors that help you on the way. And I think that translates directly into, into life, you know. And then again, talking about those, those guys and girls that never going to make it to professional sports, but who cares? It doesn't matter, you know. It's not like the world, you know, crumbles because somebody doesn't make it to professional, to professional sports, even though it's a big dream and it's great to have that dream. But then you're probably great at something else, but you learn so much on the way. So the biggest task is, to help kids um, become pro in, pros in life, you know, get that pro mindset, how to deal with uh, resistance, how to deal with failure, how to deal with success, you know, how to get better in, you know, communicating and in, in being in groups and then go out, you know, go out in life, you know, go study and everything or go work, whatever you, whatever you do, whatever you, that you love to do, you know, find something that you love, set your goal, and you learn how to set your goals and to take those steps to get there. You know, that's, that's what you learn in sports or you should learn in sports. And that's the most impart, uh, important uh, part for me. And if you, I, I really believe if you work in that way, that you really um, uh, fuel that passion or, or look really close where kids are good at, and then you start working and helping them and supporting them, then the results, you know, are going to be awesome. 
don't think about the results, you know, think about the process and the steps you have to take, the details, and then the rest will uh, take care of itself. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in right there. You know, th thank you for the, 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 the incredible know, insight, man. Holy shit. I'm, I'm still trying to like process it because you just have such a passion for hockey. But I really want to focus in as not just as a player, but as coaching. And you mentioned that it's hard for you to, I guess, come up with four to five, you know, core principles that, that you look for. You know, everyone's a little different. Everyone's yes. unique and you have to be able to adapt and be able to read the room when, whenever you're coaching, you know, was there a time, you know, tell me a time where, you know, you had to learn this the hard way where maybe, you know, you try to coach, say one of your players the same way um, as say a defenseman or, you know, you try to get a, an attacker to, I don't follow hockey as much, so I might yeah. sound like a complete simpleton when it comes to my knowledge in hockey. But was there ever a time when you were coaching where you tried to cookie cut your message to people who, to two different players with two different styles and it didn't work out as well? It resulted in a loss. And what would you say was your big takeaway from that experience? Well, um, I have, I have to say, um, I was always trying, um, because I had that experience from, from, uh, um, from, um, observing when I was, when I was still playing, um, how important it is to read the room and to get to know the people. And that doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's hockey, you know, let, let the hockey part, um, uh, away. It's about dealing with, dealing with people, any kind of strategy any kind of strategy of dealing with people, you know, you have to, you have to know what you have to approach people differently because everybody is different not the same is going to work for everybody. So, and that's the skill of coaching, uh, you know, that's, and that's probably something that I don't know how much you can learn, you know, let's call it emotional intelligence. You know, that, that's a big word that's, that's out there for, uh, you know, a couple of years. Some people have that kind of feeling when to say what and how to deal with it, when to shut up and when to say something. And some people just don't, you know, I'm sure you have the, you know, you know, you know, those people that don't have that feeling. No, quite a few. And yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's kind of hard, but especially as a coach, when you want to, when, when you're using a lot of uh, psychology in, in order to push buttons at the right time to get certain reactions from guys, because it's a very emotional uh, game and especially during game time, you know, when there's no time, um, you have to get a result, a certain reaction really quick to turn things around. You know, it's an emotional roller coaster. Many times, you talk about momentum in sports, you know, quite a bit. Um, so it, it has to happen fast, for example. Then you have to know exactly how to act with guys. And also, when, you know, say in, in the times when, it's, when you have time to analyze, you know. When, when it's about uh, um, working on mistakes or on, on huge mistakes, how to, how to touch, you know, base with guys. What can you say to who, you know, you don't want to destroy your player for a couple of weeks just to show that you're the big guy and who, you know, you're the boss and you're telling and they have to jump when you say jump, this kind of style, you know. 
some people do it and uh, and they want to break people and they want to they, they want to lead by fear or um and, and and pressure all the time and that works for some time um and i i was working in, in those kind of environments too and we had success too but everybody hated it everybody felt miserable every day and uh, and you know if i if i have to be, and, and and i said to myself if 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 I want to be, if I have to be like this in order to be successful, I don't want to win, you know, because this is not fun. You know, that's not what I'm, what I, what I signed up for this kind of stuff, you know, um, that's not where my heart is. So me being a leader, I have been, you know, a captain on my teams, you know, and, and for many years, different, uh, um, uh, different teams. And my biggest goal always was, uh, to help others, you know, um, I guess that's why I wanted to be captain or I was chosen as a captain because I cared for others, others. And I knew, you know, if somebody is struggling and you help him pick him up or you find the right words and, uh, and, 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 you know, everybody's just, everybody's just human, you know, um, business. Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if you're miserable at home, if something's wrong with your kids, with your family, with your relationship, whatever it is, and, and, and you have your ups and your downs, you know, um, and you need help. You need that kind of support. And that comes from the coach or your teammates. And he has to have that feeling. And when you have that connection with somebody, then, you know, belief can move mountains, really. Especially for people, you know, most of the time is, you know, people don't believe in themselves. Even people that made it really far, you know, I could never believe it. You know, some of my, some of the best players I played with, you know, they always thought they suck. You know, unbelievable. Like if I, if I had that kind of attitude or, or, or attitude towards myself, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. You know, yeah. I had to develop this mindset because I had to fight against so much resistance from, from day one because, you know, I was the son of, you know, the son of the famous hockey player in Austria, the son of the, team, the manager of the national team. Of course, I get everything for free, you know. The yeah. son of the president of the federation, all this kind of stuff. I was the little guy, you know. I'm 5'9". I'm five, I'm five, I play with uh, 180, 183, 184 pounds most of my career, which compared to the guys I was playing against in the, you know, in the 80s, or not, not 80s, but 90s, um, especially, you know, and, and millennial, um, um, that uh, millennium, uh, change shift, um, you had to be six, three, six, four, 220, 210, you know, in order to be playing on in the big league on the highest level. So I was different. I had to fight against this kind of, oh, he's never going to make it too small, you know, this kind of stuff. Now everything shifts and now half of the NHL is like, is, is, is like me, you know, it's about speed, about skill, being quick in your head and all this unbelievable athleticism. So for that, I was born in the wrong. But, you know, you growing up like this, fighting against all this resistance, um, you, you grow with thick skin, first of all. And second of all, you have to find a way to deal with the mental pressure in the right way. And, uh, and that's what I did, you know, how to prepare. And he talked about those habits, you know, um, that, I, that I forgot to answer. And, you know, um, of course, I developed some habits without even knowing that they were habits, you know. Because now you have all those mental coaches and this part of the game is being uh, or in sports or anywhere in performance is analyzed so much. Um, you know, um, talk about biohacking and all this kind of, uh, um, this kind of stuff, yes. you know, without even knowing that, you know, athletes and people were using it, you know, meditation, 
uh, sort of yoga, yoga styles, you know, in warm-ups that I was doing for years, you know, just stuff that I knew my body needed and that made me feel good. You know, the breathing, the relaxing, especially before really tough uh, situations, a lot of stress situations, you know. Um, and what really helped me develop that um, is that I think in order to, in order to uh, overcome your fears and your doubts, you have to put yourself into those shitty situations that you're so afraid of. I and agree. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly. Because, you know, what happens is you find out it's not that bad after all. You know, what's going to happen? Well, is it a matter between living or dying? You know, maybe that should be smart, you know, but you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's never, you know, most of the chances are it's not about that. It's about, you know, if as an athlete, as a hockey player, it's just, you know, how you go into a battle against a, you know, really strong, bigger, mean guy, for example, you know, how much heart you're going to put in. You want to be at the puck first. Or are you trying to play it smart because the other guy is so much stronger, or faster, whatever it is, you know, if you go in a hundred percent, you know, no matter what, you really want that, you know, then suddenly you find out, you know what, you know, you might sit on your ass or, you know, you might get hurt a little bit, you know, but the other guy too, you know, and, and, and you find out by taking those challenges and, and another good example for is um, situations in game where you can be the deciding factor let's say there is a sudden death overtime or some penalty shootout you know a couple minutes to go a couple seconds to go in the game and and something happens and it's, it's a tight game and there's a lot of fans and there's a lot of at stake so who's going to take the penalty shot and it's the same in soccer you know when when they they line up to take that penalty shot in front of fifty thousand people everybody's booing you know and there's millions at stake and jobs at stake. So who's going to pick up the ball and go, go in there and show that kind of confidence, that body language, you know, that, that is winning right away, you know. And that's stuff that you have to work with. And there's a lot of guys that are – a lot of people that are afraid of this kind of situations. Um, and then there's the ones that, uh, that find a way to, you know, really focus on that moment, don't see anything anymore uh, around them. Things get really – quiet um, things get slow and then you do what you did and you have the confidence that you're good in what you do because of practice because of the practice that you put in you cannot hope for for greatness you have to work for it that's hard work that's tough work nobody sees that but knowing that you're prepared that you did everything that you can influence actually you know and then you have to take that challenge and if you fail remember that feeling Remember that feeling and then go try again. Go try again, try again until you get so confident that your biggest fear disappears, you know. And, and it, 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 developing this kind of mindset, who's going to hurt you, you know? Who's going to hurt you? And also what's really important, you know, if you forget about um, so many people don't do things they would love to do because they think about what somebody else might think about them might laugh or whatever, you know, yes, yes. most of the time the laughing and, 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 and the, the chirping is because they fear that stuff even more than you. And, and, and they are happy that somebody else, you know, does that stuff that they would love to do, but they never dare to do, you know, but it, if you start caring about that, you know, then, um, you're going to get, you know, you're going to grow as a, as a, as a person.
and then you and then everything is possible i really i really believe that it doesn't mean that just hoping and, and having this right mental attitude is going to solve everything for you but it, it gives you a chance to you know it gives you a chance to i agree and you, and you mentioned tackling resistance one of the things that i learned from my mentor jason capital was if you fear if you feel that fear doing something that you're uncomfortable with that's the time to do it because there's not going to be a better time for you to do that and that's something naturally for you as a professional athlete that's something that you do all the time you're you're facing the best competition you're surrounding yourself in an environment where competition's always there and the best way to the only way to win is to step up on the rink with your teammates, with your brothers, and give it all you got, 100%. You have a game plan at the beginning, and then you just, you adapt, you adapt as the game as the game flows, and you give it 100%, and it is, the end result is the end result. It's... Well, and yeah, well, and it, everything is about, everything is about preparation, um, for sure everything that you prepared for yourself for you know and all the years of practice because you know usually it's decided by little things um and uh, and when everybody's exhausted everything everything everybody leaves everything out there it's decided by um automatic things that you have done a million times before you know when fatigue sets in you know when the concentration goes down that's when all the hours of work kick in, you know, um, all the visualizing of the situations, you know, how you succeed, how you do this, you know, um, you know, that's what I did all the time, technical things, you know, especially for me as a forward who was supposed to score goals, you know, um, I used to visualize, you know, how I, how I shot the puck and from certain angles, certain game situations, you know, so many times, you know, and that's, it's, it's almost the same as I, I do it on, I would do it on the ice would help me as much just visualizing seeing the puck go in seeing the puck go in seeing shooting from there you know it's a bad pass you still take it you shoot it you do this 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 over again so it it manifests a, a feel a physical feeling and uh, and that's going to help you um get to that point that you actually do it when uh, it, it, without even thinking you know that's that's the difference um that's the difference in in, in why guys are are you know do it and some guys don't do it you don't you know many times many guys don't put in the work you know they find excuses and uh, and i think that translates you know there is no there's no huge secrets and i and i, I hope you, i hope you agree but even i'm sure even in business it's the same it's the same everywhere you know there is a certain way to reach your goals and a lot of things you know about the strategy and, and about taking the steps and then a lot of people know the steps you know they just don't do it properly. You know, getting up six o'clock in the morning, going for that workout every day on a Sunday. I know after you went out drinking with your friends, whatever it is, you know, some guys get up in the morning and do it anyways after two hours of sleep. You know, some guys don't do it. You know, some guys go still, you know, go chasing girls when they're 17, 18, 16, 17, 18 in the public bath, you know, and uh, because it's, you know, 35 plus, you know, uh, Celsius outside. And, and some other guys get up and know that's, you know, 5.30 p.m., there's practice. It's going to be running. We're going to puke, whatever, you know, whatever it takes, whatever the, the coaches tell us to work on. 
but they do it and, and you sum it up, you know, over the years, it might be hundreds of hours of practice that some guys missed because of this excuse or that excuse. And those are usually the people that you, that you meet, you know, years later and they tell you after a second drink how good they have been and uh, who has been unfair to them. And, uh, and they would have been so much better than this guy, you know, who's holding a trophy up in, in the newspapers, you know. And it's, it's the same everywhere, you know. Shortcuts don't lead, don't lead anywhere. I feel that. I feel that a lot. And you touched upon just that one excuse that the loser makes versus the guy holding the trophy where he put in the hundreds and hundreds of hours more. And you were talking about that dynamic. You know, that's really interesting because from your perspective, it seems like don't be the victim and don't make excuses for anything. It seems like you're just taking extreme ownership of everything in your life. You are accountable for your failures as well as your successes. And I feel like when you, it seems like when you made that, when you can make that shift, that's when you can start becoming successful. Yeah, I really, I really believe that. And, but it's also hard for me, you know, in that area of, expertise in in in, in sports um it's it's normal you know um i know all the rules there but translating that into other areas that's also work for me again mental work and finding out that you know actually it works everywhere the same um always start with the man in the mirror you know that's that's maybe the easiest way to put it and and there's really you know if, if you're really honest to yourself you know and that's the hardest thing you know um, lying to yourself to make you feel good or finding you're justifying what you, you, what you didn't do and why you didn't do it. And there's always reasons why you didn't do it and good reasons. But really, you know, um, bottom line, you are responsible for your own well-being, you know. And uh, there's only so many things you can influence, but, you know, what else, whatever you can influence, do it. And then possibilities are, chances are, you're going to be more on the positive side than on the negative side, you know. Um, in team sports, you rely on a lot of different factors, and especially you rely on, on also on the performance of many other people, not only your performance. So even more important is that you give more than you take, you know. It's not about you. There is no I in team. It's a stupid, you know, it's... It's a cliche, but it's true. There is no I in team um, regarding the, the end, reaching the end result. There's a lot of I, there should be a lot of individuality in the team. And I think that's changing big time in the last um, couple of years. Um, understanding that uh, how everybody is different, how practice is different, uh, how physiology is different, how, how psychology is different for everybody, even in team sports makes it so hard for planning for coaches that's really really challenging in a, in a in a schedule for you know with 60 70 games and and practices and travel and all this kind of stuff but but uh, um, there's a lot of individuality in team but not when it comes to the end results then one guy one guy can lose it for everybody yes one selfish act one stupid act can lose it for everybody but um, winning alone, I haven't seen it that much. And 
that's that's interesting that's very interesting you know there's no i in team and it is a cliche i I've, I've heard it plenty of times when when i was playing sports when i was younger and you transformed from a player into a leader of people and one of the things that i've been studying with leadership is how men and women influence other people and one of the dynamics is whenever your team has success you give them the credit but whenever there's a defeat or whenever there's a setback the leader takes ownership of that is that a principle that you really believe in when you're coaching uh, well there's there's different ways to lead um, but I believe so, you know, um, a big part of success, um, as I got to know it, um, is that it's only possible if everybody feels an, that he's an important part of it, um, that it's important what he's doing as little as that might seem, it might make all the difference at the end, you know, especially in, in high performance areas, um, talk about cycling professional cycling for example and and doping is a big thing you know like tour de france and all the you're familiar with that kind of with that race in europe it's the biggest uh, um, cycle race in the world or most prestigious anyway um and uh, i know a couple of professional athletes and uh, and they've been telling me a little bit of you you know you're familiar with the story of lance armstrong right yes and, he uh, was and, uh he got caught for doping Yes, like, like many others in, in those uh, endurance sports, which is a sad, a sad thing. But um, it's not like, you know, somebody doping on this high kind of level, it might make a difference of 1%, 2% in, in performance. Mat imagine that, you know. But that's, that is such a big difference in performance on the highest level that one guy who, who doesn't do it or is losing those 1%, 2% doesn't stand a chance. You know, he looks like a beginner. You know, that's how they explained it uh, to me on that high performance endurance level. It's, it's unbelievable. It's not much, but this much might, might be enough. You know, a blink of an eye might be enough. And, you know, one play might, might decide the whole season in, in the football, American football, you know, sure. um, or, you know, one fumble, one bad play, you know, somebody's sleeping, you know, it might change everything. And, and, that's, and, and that's what it is on a, on a, on a high level. So, so um, being in that, uh, uh, knowing that as a leader, um, it's about making everybody feel important. And, and great leaders, you know, there's athletes that lead by example, don't have to be vocal. Just go in there and do every, every day what is supposed to be done and be this kind of example to everybody else who might um look for excuses or have the or who has a tendency you know to find excuses when things are getting tough you know um and if those guys if the big names you know and it's usually the best players who are supposed to be those kind of leaders um if they don't take shortcuts nobody else will allow you know to take shortcuts it's you know if, if the best player on the team if he does everything 100 percent or is the best in everything how can you not be, you know, how can yes. you, 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 that's that this kind of leadership is very common. Um, but then there's the vocal leaders, obviously, who have the feeling when to stand up and who have the respect from the group. 
And you get respect by giving respect and by showing up every day. You don't have to be the best at everything, um, but showing up every day and giving everything, being authentic and, 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 and letting your heart speak, that gives respect, that, that, the, um, that earns respect in the group. And uh, some guys know just when to stand up and say something and they also know when to shut up and say nothing. Um, and some guys have the feeling that uh, usually captains are, you know, um, that uh, just like you said, um, you don't have to be in the spotlight all the time. Um, you know, push somebody else forward, make himself feel good that maybe some guys that usually don't get so much attention, you know, um, uh, be, you know, generous in victory, you know, share it with everybody, you know, make everybody be part of it. Um, but when, you know, when, when, when the bad things come and they are coming for sure. And then there is people who stand up and, and take all the garbage and take all the heat. So others can hide behind them, um, and feel, you know, and, and, and don't get, uh, you know, it's like you're mentally a little weaker, maybe not, not mentally so tough, you know, younger guys or really sensitive guys, introverts, you know, that usually have problems. Uh, and there's many in, in teams, you know, there's different guys. Um, that's, that's huge, you know, if you have this kind of ability to have the feeling and that's leadership, you know, it, it comes from being a good example and uh, having a feeling uh, for the group, doing the right things um, and being, you know, generous. Uh, that's, those are very powerful words right there. And you mentioned leadership. You talked about veteran leadership, especially when you're involved in a sports team. Would you say, with respect to business, to, in order to become more successful, in order to close more deals for your business, in order to expand your brand, do you think it's very important for entrepreneurs out there to invest in a mentor? I just had this conversation with an old friend of mine, uh, one of my old coaches. His name is, is, is Ken Tyler. Um, he's a Canadian who used to be um, my first coach when I started playing uh, in, on the national team when I was 18 and playing in the Olympic Games for the first time. And he was one of those guys, those mentors for me who gave me that chance, you know, who saw something in me. And I re repaid it with, uh, with playing good. But... You know, um, he went, he was a great coach, um, but then he stopped coaching uh, uh, professional uh, hockey teams and started coaching uh, businesses, CEOs, entrepreneurs, um, boards of directors, you know, big groups, corporations, everywhere in the world. And I was asking him this question, you know, you know tell me the difference, you know, uh, what is, you know, can you compare the sport um, with the business or Talk about teams. What is the difference? Because there's teams in businesses, there's teams in sports. Yes. And he goes, you know, in his opinion, and, and that's what I, I wanted to just reconfirm um, uh, what I think I know about this. And he just said it perfectly. He said, you know, um, that kind of team feeling is, that's the biggest problem in businesses. The leadership that, that doesn't, that has a lot of skills in, in different areas but most of them don't have the feeling for the groups. 
how to build a group that works like a, like a hockey team or like a sub like, you know, let's, let's stay with uh, hockey because that's where I, <laughs> that's why I know my stuff the best um, that work like this, that to, how, to, how to build up this kind of emotion and this, this kind of working together feeling. And, uh, and, uh, and also the same, the same, it's, a, it's, it's not easy to, to uh, implement this kind of uh, thinking because uh, also a lot of people just who are working in regular jobs in teams never had the feeling how to be on a team growing up, competing in, in, in sports, for example. So this is something that those teams, those, those, those businesses or those, those companies, they have to learn, you know, and in order to change that kind of culture, I think that uh, um, hiring consultants can give results uh, short term. Um, if it doesn't come from the leadership itself, that this is like uh, leading by example, this is going to be our corporate culture. This is what we represent. It has to come from deep within and it has to be shown by the leaders every day. So people have to follow or they, 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 you know, they have to step on the train or they get left behind. This, or you find the people who represent that can do that, you know, but it has to be done by leadership every day. If it's not run by leadership and you hire a consultant and he might change, you know, or she might change things, you know, it could be really productive and really, really um, um, important, but short term. And as soon as this group or this person, you know, stops working, you know, after a, a time, I believe this would fade away. Or you work, you have, you have people working with the groups all the time, you know, then leadership, you know, leadership is, is you know, they have their own culture, they do whatever they do, but they want a certain culture implemented in their teams in lower management or in the different, different sections, you know, but then you got to have people running the show there and showing what it is all about and that's a long process you know is that is that an answer you can uh, work with oh absolutely absolutely we could kind of build off that because one of the things that i wanted to ask you was you know you being playing at the professional level and you coaching also how do you find winners for your team what do you look for because i feel like businesses struggle to and entrepreneurs in general when they're trying to scale their business right when they have a vision in mind and they're trying to find the right people that fit with their vision they they have the same core values they think alike they're very personable and they treat everyone with respect but they they just can't seem to find the right people you know how in your experiences coaching as well as playing how were the more successful people able to put a winning team around them. Well, recruiting is is a tough is a tough one, that's for sure, and and it's not it's not easy by any means in, in in sports. But usually, what it what what happens is um, important is the kind of culture that you you have on your on your team. Let's say, in, even if it's a company. Um, and that comes from leadership. You know, this is what we're representing. This, we, this is what we're accepting. This is the set of rules, the framework that we're setting. Nobody is stepping over that line. And within that line, everybody can move freely, you know, and be creative and, 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 and fuck up whatever, you know, is necessary. Um, and this is really important to set this kind of rules. And then um, people interviewing, uh, for example, they 
I'm looking for people that represent the culture that, that the, the team gives to people. You know, we're not looking for the best, for the best on every position. We're looking for the best for the people that fit the role the best and to represent what the culture, you know, what the, what the, um, um, the culture of the club is, for example, or of the organization uh, is. Um, meaning that uh, if, 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 let me use an example. Um, sure. It used to be, it used to be like uh, um, the head coach coming in for the professional team uh, would come in with his philosophy, trying to sell his philosophy. This is how, you know, we should play or this kind of style should be, and this is how the player should be. And, and usually saying also, this is how we should develop the young players over the years, you know, and this kind of hockey. Um, and then, you know, what happens in professional sports, you know, everything is all good. And then, you know, the head coach gets fired, you know, after one year. So a new guy comes in and now he's selling his philosophy. And of course, it has to be different than the one we had before, you know, because that was not successful. So the new one, the new guy is going to sell himself differently, hopefully even believe what he's selling and even changing everything again in development. So everything that was implemented the year before is going to be changed and it's going to be changed again in two years time and three years time. So it should be built the other way around. You know, there's, you know, your club is representing this kind of style, for example, or this kind of culture of developing kids. And then you find the right people that fit into that style. And, 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 and then they have to, you know, and then they see what kind of results they're producing. But recruiting is important for the leadership that they fit to their philosophy of the, the, the club is already representing. So, and then looking to build a, um, a good team. Um, it depends on many factors, you know, what you already have and what's missing. What kind of positions do you have to fill? And uh, obviously that's the same for, for businesses. Um, and, and hiring people, what they have to know is um, they have to know exactly what, how are they going to be measured, you know? How can they be successful in the system? Um, many times people struggle because uh, um, they don't know, you know, they don't get the feed. They don't know why they're here. They know they're good at something, but they never hear it. And, uh, and, and they, don't even, they, know, they don't know exactly what is expected, you know? And that is really important. That first of all, that uh, people know what is expected, what the role is, and then second of all, that they get acknowledged for what they're doing good, not only for what they're doing bad, but for what they're doing good, because everybody wants to feel good about it, uh, about themselves. And the third thing is for winning teams, everybody, and I said that before, is uh, um, everybody has to have the feeling that it's it's theirs, you know. Uh, that they're not doing it because they have to. They're not doing it because they signed a contract. They don't do it for the money. That's right. something that has to be clear. They do it because they want it and they, they give extra. They give extra, a lot more than it's on the contract because they also receive more than it's in the contract because it's just something that, that, that you do. You know, you treat people well. They need help, you get something, you know. It's going to return 10 times, you know. The more you give, the more you're going to get back. And this kind of, and this kind of culture and this kind of attitude in teams and even, um, you know, and especially in professional teams where everything is so business, you know, it just pays off. And you might fall on your nose thinking like that. You might get taken, you know, advantage. You, know, you might uh, be taken advantage of many times. But it's a choice how you want to run things and you build a reputation 
and then you're going to find the people that want to work with you. And, uh, and, and that's what it means, you know, what it takes to be successful on a consistent basis. Winning once is, you know, is possible, but being there year after year after year after year, then you have to look behind the scenes. What are they doing? You know, find out what you're doing and try to copy it and trying to find the people who can, who can live it too. So, and I think that goes for, or I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that goes for businesses as well. You know, if you're, if you're starting a business and that's the way I think, you know, I know what I, what I know, I want to learn everything. I want to know about everything that, that is part of building a business. Uh, and, but you need the specialists doing the things that they're good at. And, uh, and you got to be the guy doing what you're good at. And uh, what also what a lot of, lot of people have a lot of problems with is, especially in leadership is they think they have to be the best in everything. And have to be right with everything and show everybody how good they are all the time, you know. And I think it's the other, and I think it's the other way around, you know. Leadership is knowing or is putting the best people, the best possible people in all the positions, and they might be a lot smarter, you know. And somebody said, and that's so true, you know. If I have a meeting, I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> the boss, you know. I'm still the boss. I still have to make the decisions, you know. But I make my decisions not based on my own knowledge or not only on my own knowledge, but based off the, you know, um, the collective mind of all the people I work together with. So I want to gather the best talent possible around me and then bounce ideas off, you know. And at the end, somebody has to make the decision. But one day, the decision that I have to announce to the public, for example, in sports might be, you know, it might be the press guy who had the best idea. It might be the secretary or the assistant of somebody it might be, it might be, you know, um, the equipment manager of the team who said something that you would say, okay, you know what? You're right. That's the best way to do it. This is how, this is how we do it. And then, then you put the team together and that's what you're selling to the outside is it's a collective decision. And once you have this collective decision that everybody had ownership in, then everybody's held accountable to that decision that we made together, you know, even though I have to put my head out because I'm the boss. And sometimes, you know, you have to, pound on the table and say, this is what it, what it, you know, I make this decision because this, I believe, you know, uh, this is going to be the right decision. Everybody has to act accordingly, but most of the times, you know, and the most successful way to do it is it's a collective decision by people working on that project. You know, everybody has to live by it and defend it and not go, you know, to the outside and say, you know, what the hell, did, why did he make this kind of decision? And then you go, I don't know, I don't know, you know, if he, has, he has a bad day or I don't know what the hell he's thinking, you know. But when you were in that process yourself, you know, nobody is going to go outside and say, you know, and, and stab somebody else in the back because it's your ass who made that decision too, you know. You know what I mean? It's, it's this kind of thinking. It's really yes. important in groups. And nobody's, nobody's above anybody else, you know, just because you have a title, you know, what does it mean on the personal level, really? Somebody might, might, might be the biggest, the richest guy in the world or, you know, with seven different uh, titles, university titles. He might be the biggest idiot, might be the biggest, you know, jerk. That on a human level, that's, that's not important. That's not important. You know, everybody is the same. But everybody, of course, knowledge is something, you know, that we have to share. That's, that's for sure. So it's important, you know, but, but uh, um, not regarding to... Uh, authority i agree hit the nail right on the head right there and just 
when you mentioned when you're going to a meeting, you know, you approach it even as the leader, as the dumbest guy in the room. And you come in almost with a glass empty so that other people have essentially the freedom to pitch, to throw out their ideas and just, you know, throw out ideas and say, what, what really works? What's going to work? What's going to help us improve and give us the best chance at becoming successful? I think that was really powerful. But you mentioned, you know, people have to have an idea in order to be a great leader in your case, just to kind of clarify, you mentioned people got to know what to expect coming in. You know, they also have to know what they do, what they got to focus, what they got to improve on, but also really highlight what they're, what they're good at, what they're good at and be able to expand upon that and really specialize in that. And then feeling when a decision is being made, feeling as if, you know, everyone had a, had a say in it, would you say? Yes. Um, I believe this is, this is important. I don't know if you can do it every time and everywhere, of course, but the big decisions for sure um, is something that, that, uh, you know, you should look at it at different, from different sides. For sure. And what you don't want, what you don't don't want is people just, you know, agreeing with everything you say, you know, then you have the wrong people um, uh, around you. And it it doesn't matter, you know, if if you have that kind of atmosphere that people are afraid of speaking up when they think something stinks, you know, then you have a problem. They should be, you know, it should be an atmosphere of that everybody's uh, opinion has, you know, when you ask for it is valued and taken into consideration and and for me you know especially for my personal situation it was really important you know of course i had my opinion about a lot of things um but uh, not necessarily was i right about everything you know and and so it was so so important to have the different you know diverse personalities in the room or in my closest uh, um, uh, group um that uh, that you know coming from different backgrounds, uh, different history, different personalities, different family situations, different experiences in their life, that you can, uh, you, that you can uh, get different perspective on things, you know. But I'm this kind of guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost never, I see things black or white, you know. There's rare occasions where there is, okay, there's no discussion. This is, this is for me right and this is for me wrong. This is for me black and this is for me white. Usually, there's different realities to everything looking at the perspective and time and space that you that the decisions were done you know uh, often looking back at things you know years you know from now I, I look back at decisions i made 20 years ago or things my dad told me when i was 20 years old 21 years old where i thought i had I had it all figured out you know about everything and looking back now i see that you know i was wrong you know I might have might have seemed to be right, but you know, from different perspective, there you know you might get up the opposition might be right too from their standpoint. So and taking all this kind of stuff into consideration, and 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 then you should make uh, decisions based on facts and not, and you know usually you're not uh, you know making decisions based on emotions, business wise, 
um, um, is sometimes, you know, not the best way to look at things. Although at the other hand, you know, a gut feeling is also really important, you know, but you know what I'm, what I'm getting to is just, you know, chances are, you know, you put many smart people in a room and you discuss things that you're going to find a, a solution that gives you a chance to be on a, on a more on the side of being right than being wrong. Yeah. And what's also really, what's also really important is that leadership um, um, has to be authentic, has to come from the heart and, uh, and then mistakes can be done. You know, admitting mistakes is, is a big thing. You gain yes. a lot of respect. You gain a lot of respect by saying, you know, guys, I'm sorry, I screwed up. My fault. I put you guys in a bad position. I, I promise you know, it's not going to happen again. Well, I, I try my best, you know, and then it's no problem. Then it's no problem. The leader, you know, then you get the respect from the group. When you lose everything, especially, and I'm talking about, especially about sports groups where there's a lot of emotion and, and, and honor and, and held, being held accountable in a group, you know, and, and contributing. Um, if you as a leader try to, you know, put on a fake face, you know, trying to act, the group is going to find out. They, they're going to look right through you and you go, you, you're going to be done. You're done. You, nobody's following if it doesn't come from the heart, you know. But if it comes from the heart and you get the emotion from the guys and if they know you're, th- and they know you would die for them, you know, you know, to, to, uh, you know, exaggerate a little bit, but emotionally die for them, you know, then they're going to do the same to you when, when push comes to shove. And that's what you need, this kind of feeling. And then be, being successful, you know, after you build this kind of connection with people, it's so, it, first of all, it's so fun, you know. It, it, it's, it's, it's such an emotional rush, you know, you feel for, for others and, uh, and then you have success together, you know, it's the best, it's the it's best an, feeling It's you an can incredible, have. yeah, it's an incredible feeling. But, but even failure, you know, it, it's, it's so deep, um, uh, but you know, you've done it together, you know, and there's people who are going to help you. And, uh, and there is this, there's something, you know, that, that is really common in sports that we used for many years in, in, in hockey. And I think it's, the, it's, it's BS, you know, to be honest. Now looking back, I would change that. I'm never going to use it the, in that way again. It's called, you know, even keel, you know, we use that. Never too high, never too low. Meaning that, you know, don't be too high when you win. Don't think you're better than you are. This kind of stuff. When everybody tells you how good you are, you know, you know, don't believe it. But at the same time, you know, never be too low. Um, don't, kind of don't exaggerate in, in, in success, but never, you know, think bad of yourself uh, and, and, and make things worse than they are. You know, never believe what they're saying when everybody is telling how bad you are. Um, it's just finding this kind of balance and being on this kind of emotional level through the whole year. You can't be on that roller coaster all the time, uh, which is true, but, but it's really important that you know how to deal with the downs, you know, that you have the feeling how it feels to be in the doghouse when you think, you know, things cannot get worse and they usually get worse before they get better. But you have that feeling and you have the techniques and you know how to get yourself out of this hole. You know, that's really important. That's crucial for sure. But in order to do that, that you want to avoid this kind of situation, you know, you have to know how it feels first, you know, so you have to be there and pick you up again. But when you have the highs, you know, never take anything away from the highs. Because that's the reason you do it in the first place. Why you do sports, why you play. 
because it's fun. You want to have fun. You that's emotion. That's freeing. That's energy. You know, take that away from people, and you know, over time you get dull. You get those robots you're gonna create. You know, people that don't enjoy success that forget why they're doing it in the first place. You know, young guys usually don't have that. Kids don't have that. But look at some pros, you know, that, that, that have become immensely, you know, massively successful and look in their eyes in victories, you know. And once you start to notice that there's no real joy anymore, it's like, okay, what comes next? What comes next? What comes next? If you're in that kind of zone, that's really, that's really dangerous and that's sad, you know. So I would never say that again to my, to my teams. I would say like, you know what, we go crazy after, you know, controlled crazy. And we, we enjoy the ride, you know, we, we want to stay on this rush, you know, but know what's, you know, what's going to happen. We're going to fall down eventually. And we have this kind of safety net that we're never going to go under a certain level. We know how to deal with that kind of stuff, but we go for that high all the time. You know, that's really important. That's, that's really, that's a really powerful message, Dieter. Thank you for sharing that with me. Ooh. Thank you. Honestly. You're welcome. And, You're welcome. and you, and you mentioned um, dealing with lows and how to deal with adversity that you face in your life. And I, I remember you mentioned that, you know, when you were a young kid, you know, you thought you, you were hot shit, you know, you were the cat's pajamas, you know, you know, you're coming up and was there ever, was there ever a time in your life where you were facing a really tough time in your life and you felt like you were struggling in you, you didn't know how to overcome this adversity, but maybe there was a moment where your dad said something really powerful and it stuck with you for a very long time and it helped you overcome this challenge that you were faced with at that time. Was there any? There are many. There's many situations where, where, where it, was, it was really hard. Um, but, you know, what I learned uh, throughout the years is that... Uh, um, nothing is as bad as it seems. Um, and, uh, like you have, like that imagine you're reaching, you're trying to reach a certain goal, like that huge goal far away, you know, maybe it's so huge that, you know, you never, you can't even, you know, you have that dream, but it doesn't seem to be very realistic. You don't even want to tell anybody about it. You're going to tell, you know, yeah, right, right, that's, that's what you're going to reach, you know, but you got to have this kind of dream. And then there's a certain road, you know, and you think, you think about a straight road there, you know. Um, what really happened, and, and people get lost thinking about their huge goal at the end of the road, at the end of the tunnel, and they forget about the, the journey there, the road there. There are so many obstacles and so many things you cannot influence in between that might come, that might stand in your way. And then you start pushing and you start pushing and you just can't, you, you know, you, you feel you're not able to move that mountain and, and, and going with the head first through the wall usually doesn't work either, you know, and that's where frustration comes. Why me? What am I doing wrong? You're working harder. You're working harder. You know, you're pushing more and, and it just gets worse, you know, um, many times. Sometimes, you know, you succeed, overcome that and you just see yourself in front of the next big uh, um, resistance. Um, you're lucky if you hit that kind of flow um, that where everything comes easy. You know, reality is that usually it never comes easy. It's always hard work. But if you create that mindset that, and that comes from my own experience, just letting go. If you're letting go, that's okay. You know what? And if it only comes down to, okay, maybe it's not meant to be for me. 
I let it go. I go a different path. I totally turn in the other direction. And just by doing that, it, this is really powerful because then something might happen. New ways open up, new doors open. You might really go a totally different direction or you just might find out just by stepping aside, you know, um, the, the uh, resistance or the challenge or the mountain in front of you just disappears, you know, and you can go back on track and just go ahead or you move, you, you know, you move to the, other, to the other direction. And that what's happened to me, you know, with, with all the, 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 the problems that I had, you know, when I let go, the moment I let go, I found a different way. And I, when I look back, you know, like, okay, but this is even better than the one I was thinking about in the first place, that, that little goal in between I wanted to reach, you know, I didn't reach it. I went somewhere else and it turned out to be better than the one. So accepting this, okay, I take this road. All right. Looking back. Well, you know what? That was not so bad after all. And if he managed to do this, if you have this kind of experience a couple of times, and then the next time, you know, something, some resistance comes up, of course, you want to, you know, you don't want to step away, you know, uh, right away, but you're fighting against it or you work, you do everything you can, uh, you can uh, possibly influence to prepare yourself. And then after a certain time, it doesn't come true. There's some negative energy about it, some feeling that you have. Okay, let it go. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to turn out better than before. And that is kind of like such a mental help that, you know, nothing is as bad as you seem, as it seems. Um, and, and, and not looking back is really important about, you know, oh, this shitty thing happened to me in the back and it's going to happen to me again, being worried about this kind of stuff. Or maybe I should have, or what if, what if, or why, you know, forget about that. What, what's in the past is in the past, the good and the bad, you know. You don't live in the past. You live, you know, you live to get to know the future and to influence, you know, everything you can to have a good future. You learn from the things in the past. You know, that's something, the feelings, the smell, all this kind of thing. Keep that with you, but it's not, it's, what's in the past is not defining your future, you know. That's really important for me. That was really important for me to understand. So at the end, you know, um, when I look back at my uh, professional career so far, I did not reach that huge goal at the end of the tunnel that I had, that dream that I had when I was a little boy. You know, I didn't reach it, but it doesn't matter. I did all the things in between. I tried everything what I could possibly try. So I knew how it felt, how it smelled. And, you know, it's in me now. And I went a totally different path and it was great. It was awesome. And that comes back to, it's not about the goal, it's about the journey. And I think that's really true. That's really true. If you get this kind of feeling and you're not afraid of challenges anymore or other people judging you, it's, it's, uh, then everything is possible. I really believe that, Stephen. So, so I hope, uh, um, and, I, I, and I hope by talking to other people and, and, and teaching that to young kids or whoever, you know, it's not really what I, the experience that I have in that kind of field, um, it's not only restricted to, to hockey. It's something that we deal with every day. It, and th that's incredible. That's incredible. It's a powerful message that you, it's more than just being successful in sports. You want to be able to take all these life lessons that you learned and apply it and help kids growing up and become more successful in life. Because you mentioned it earlier, you know, you're a very competitive guy. I mean, geez, you seem like the guy where it's like, if I beat you in monopoly or something like that, you know, you're throwing the board across the room and 
you know, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, God, you're like, God damn it. You know, we gotta, we gotta go again. We gotta go again. But it's a healthy kind of competitive nature that you developed. Would you say that, um, we mentioned this a while back, you know, with education, you know, you said that part of the problem is, you know, there's this mentality that you have to be average, you know, instead of really being able to excel at your strengths and, and producing an environment where you can really focus in on your strengths and things you're passionate about. Oh, well, I suck in math. So, you know, I got to spend more time improving that, you know, would you say that's one of the fixes that the education system should take in general, you know, incorporating more mentorship opportunities and fostering, you know, kids to follow their passion? Yeah. Um, that's, that's something I'm really interested in thinking a lot, um, uh, about, but you know, what you, what you said before about being competitive, um, that's what usually people think about, uh, um, people in competitive businesses or sports. And there's a lot of people like that too. It was never the case with me. I was really competitive in what is really important to me. But like this, especially the hockey, because it was my, you know, winning was the name of the game, you know, professionally too. But it was not, you know, it was not, um, it's not everywhere the same. I can lose. I, I can lose on purpose, on purpose in, in a team of, in a game of tennis or, 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 you know, playing something on the beach. If I know that winning is really important for somebody else that I play against, for example, to make him feel good because he's playing against, you know, the, the famous athlete, for example, I can lose and make it look like I, you know, I, I, I try really hard, but I lose on purpose just to make somebody else feel good. And that gives me joy, you know? Um, uh, so that was, that was, that, that, but that's just me. That's just the way that that's the way I've always been. So not winning at any cost is important. And I think that's something that you should teach too. You know, winning is not important all the time. You know, you do it for the right reasons. And then winning is going to be the outcome of something that you put, the, the work that you put in and the love that you put in some, into something. Then winning or money or something, you know, is, is something that's, that's going to be the result of something else. It should not be the, the, driving, the driving force. I believe, and getting back to that, the question you know with the, with the education. Um, obviously, that's a huge topic, and I'm not you know I'm I'm not a I'm not an expert, so to speak, on on uh, on education. Um, but I'm a dad who's uh, who wants the best uh, future for his kids, and and coming from sports, and again, lesson you know for life from sports. Yes. When we were discussing. When we were discussing um, what can we do to get, you know, to, to teach seven, eight, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds the basic techniques of the sport, because, you know, one, you know what, what you learn technically early on, it kind of manifests, you know, and, and, and the older you get, the harder it is to get technical mistakes out of your, you know, of the range of motion that you have, that how, how your body is built, everybody's different. But, you know, what you learn when you were young, when it's really easy and there are sensitive area, you know, times for especially learning is easy for kids in, 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 in certain times. Um, we were discussing and, and, you know, imagine, you know, I grew up going to school um, with uh, 30 to 35 other kids in the same classroom. 
and one teacher. So that was normal for me. Um, all the way till I was, I graduated uh, when I was 18, before I went to university. Um, and that was normal for me. So if I look at from a sports perspective, if I'm the coach on the ice for one hour, for example, um, with 35 kids in the age, you know, 11, 12, or 9, 10, 11, you know, you know what I do all, 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 all the, uh, the, the whole hour? I just try to survive. I just try to organize it so that nobody gets hurt, that I don't lose anybody, but there's no, there's no chance in, in hell that I can actually teach something in that hour, you know, like something really valuable. You know, the best thing it would be just throw the puck in and let them play. That's all they want to do anyways, you know, and it's a good thing, you know, but really teaching the basic technique of something or, or correcting something or showing something and showing you can't show to 35 people at the same time. You really have to put, you know, um, you really have to go there. You have to touch the kids and show them how I did the angles, you know, with skating and, 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 and all this kind of the really tactical stuff of it. It's so important. So in order to have a good practice or to get a better quality of practice, you know, and you talk about, again, hours and hours and hours over a couple of years, you know, 35 kids, we say, you know, we need five, six, seven coaches on the ice at the same time. So we can divide into groups of five, six, seven, max eight kids. And, 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 and even better, you know, put the kids with the same kind of uh, abilities kind of together so you can work in different levels of development. Yes. Um, and, and different content too, like to get even more specific, you know. That was the only way to progress, to get better uh, quality. So that's back to schooling. What are you going to teach when you have 35 kids, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old nowadays in school at the same time. And you come in a teacher with 25 years old or 27, 28 or 30 years old, you know, you know, nowadays, what they're going to call you, what they're going to tell you, you know, how much, you know, back in the, back in the days when I was young, there was still like whatever the coach said, the teacher said that was law, you know, there was so much respect, you know, you don't speak to adults in a, in a, with, a, with, a, with a loud voice, you know. You don't second guess what the doctor is saying or what the teacher is saying or what the coach is saying. Those times are gone. Oh, yeah, those times have definitely gone. changed. Hey, those times are gone. When you say something as a teacher, as a coach, you know, you better be damn sure that, that this is right what you're saying or you, know, you have arguments to back it up. You know, if I, if I go to, to the doctor with my kids, I have like seven different, uh, you know, opinions already from Google, Dr. Google. I know exactly what they have before I go to the doctor. Doc, just, Dr. Oh, Google, I like that. Yeah, I just need confirmation pretty much, you know, and I can argue against it, you know. It, it, this, is, this is the way, the, you know, the, the world is turning now, and it's the same, it's the same in sport. So if we do the same in the, in, in the education system and nothing is changed, you know, then how are we uh, expecting different results? How are we going to spark passion with kids that we, don't, we cannot focus on? How much time can I spend in 60 minutes in school on 35 different kids or 25 different kids? You know, do the math. You know, three minutes, max, two and a half, two minutes, take away all the noise and all this, you know, until, you know, a curriculum starts actually or the lesson starts. So uh, there's, no, there's no secret. At the, same, at the same time, we talk about, you know, um, again, sports, you know, the best coaches have to work with the youngest. Well, that sounds logical, right? 
So who's paying the best coaches to work with the youngest anywhere in the world? You know, nobody. Or, you know, just a few, not, not enough, you know? Because where's the money? Where's the fame? With the pros. That's where the big money is, you know? But, you know, how many yeah. guys would love to work with the kids? You know, Absolutely. age seven, eight, nine. But, you know, if you make 500 bucks a month doing that, you know, how, how are you going to support your family? You know, this is the discussion that we have here in Europe. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. Teams, take, you know, put whatever, you know, you know pay your stars less and, and, and hire coaches to work with the kids. That's what we did in our organization. You know, we raised money to hire six professional coaches to work with the youngest age groups. So five years later, you know, those kids and not everybody's going to be a star, but there's so much progression. There's so much progression. It's unbelievable. And the, the ones that were good, they're really good now. And they're really good at early ages. So Damn. imagine having more teachers that are really, that are well-educated, that are totally motivated, that are uh, up to date on what they actually learn. And then you put them to work with the kids, the, the young ages in the kindergarten already and in the schools, in the public schools, not in the private, because this in the private sector where the money is, yes, you see that, but who can afford that? It's that, you know, little percentage everywhere, you know, the people that have money and connections that usually can afford this kind of, and there's a lot of smart people out there for sure, you know, but that's just my personal opinion. There's no surprise that it doesn't work. Plus, you know, the school system here in, in Austria or in, in, in Europe, um, in many places, um, it was uh, implemented by Emperor um, Maria Theresia in the 19th century, you know. So that was, you know, there was a lot of different demands uh, for education, you know, for what people had to know when they got out of school than what it is today. So you think the same system is going to work in the 21st century? I don't think so. Um, what, about, what about the skills that are going to make the difference, you know, in the future if you, if you talk about uh, what's happening in the techno, in the techno world, uh, talking about artificial intelligence, all the jobs that are supposed to be lost in 10, 15, 20 years' time, you know? Yeah. Um, where's the human factor? What, what, what's going to be left, you know, for us to do? You know, where, where, what's, what makes the humans humans or special? So why are not... Why are we not teaching that? Why are we not teaching about money in school? Why are we not teaching about, you know, group dynamics, how it works, social skills more than it, it's, it's not like it's not there, you know, like I said, there's a lot of smart people that, that do it, but in general, that's a huge problem. And, and if you don't want to spend, if you don't want to, you know, it's, it's about priorities, you know, Absolutely. And smart people and smart people, a lot, smart, a lot smarter than, than I am, they said, you know, the sign, the, 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 if I put it right, like the, the, the sign of a developed or, or of society, of, a, of the class or quality of societies is how much emphasis you put on, on this part, you know, how much spend, you know, uh, how much value you give to this part, that education part. Um, the people working with the kids, you know, but if, you know, it's, it's, uh, you ask for results, but you're not investing in the basis. Hmm. I don't think it's going to work. So that's what I'm worried about. And they're talking about the, that's what, that's what I want to do um, as little uh, or as much as I can do for myself, for my kids. And that's, you know, me being in the position that I'm in, I can influence, you know, especially in the sports part, 
but uh, um, that to do things different and to spread that kind of message. And, uh, and then people start uh, changing slowly and they're building some pressure that actually things are going to change. And you, you, you see what happens with, the, you know, talking about climate change, what that Swedish girl, Greta Thun, you know, the 16-year-old that, that started uh, um, the, the whole movement that, that uh, uh, worked worldwide, you know, uh, protesting kids against uh, climate change or forcing governments to take action. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, and, and a lot of discussion about it. If she has been used, you know, um, um, to spread that message and a lot of uh, discussion about if climate change is actually happening or not and whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, really. It matters a lot, but, you know, there is discussion. But what one person can do starting something like this and then you, be, you believe anything is possible. You know, change can happen, but if it only means you have to change yourself, you know, start with yourself. Look at the mirror. Yeah. Don't, use, don't use plastic. Clean up your own house first, you know, before you judge anybody else, you know. This is, it's as simple as that in everything, I think. It's, it's so hard to do. <laughs> Even yeah. Yeah, chores. It's not even just chores, but just family values, you know, like now like we were talking, you know, just having a heart to heart here and just giving, you know, just valuable insight and, you know, really getting deep more into, you know, who we are, you know, you mentioned times are changing, right? Like times are changing, you know, the way things were back in the day that that's starting to become irrelevant now at this point. And you mentioned, especially, you know, there's this dilemma with, with people wanting to become coaches, you know, coaching maybe doesn't stand out as an opportunity that can support a family. They love what they do, but how are they going to be able to provide for themselves? And, you know, that's, that's a dilemma. I feel like it's, you know, do I do it because I'm passionate about it or am I doing it for the money? And I feel like it circles back to what you mentioned before, you know, do what you love, but do it for the right reason. Yeah, well, it's it's always the, those those kind of advice you see. Where it's easy said, when reality tells you something different, you know, you have to be that guy. You know, you have to use your elbows. You have to you have to find the weakness of your opponent to crush him. You know, in order to be successful, um, that might be the reality in most cases. But again, you know, I think you know you have a choice how you want to live. And, and what makes you feel good about yourself. Even want to be that, you know, nothing wrong is stepping out of the herd and starting doing something different. Even if it, if it, even if it means it's going to be hard, you know. Um, but being true to yourself um, and, and, and following what you really believe and thinking about how, what kind of person you want to be, what kind of friend, what kind of father, what kind of husband you want to be, and not doing what everybody else is doing. Um, I think that's, that's really, that's really important for yourself to find what you stand for, you know? And of course there's necessities sometimes where, you know, okay, let's say basic, basic needs of a, of, of a father, you know, put food on a table and a roof uh, above uh, um, the head of the family. Um, that kind of limits uh, choices at times, but uh, a lot of people um, don't have to worry about that too much in everyday life. So they sure. have a choice every day how to treat other people or laugh uh, with the group or say no. 
I don't support that. And it might be your best friends. And that's also something that, that, that has been really important for me, you know, growing up where I grew up, a, a small country, a small, a small city, uh, a lot, not a lot of people who, who um, have a chance you know, or, or looking for expanding their mind and their vision by traveling and, and, and getting to know different cultures, you know. Our tradition is big, you know, things used to be the way they are in the last 50 years, you know. And the thinking of likes of this, uh, of, of Vishen Lakhiani and his company Mind Valley, for example, and his book, The Code of an Extraordinary Mind, you know, um, that's something I can really um, relate to. There are certain rules that are set that are, you know, that are not changeable because laws of nature, for example, but, but a lot of other rules, you know, you can overthink and rethink and just shape, shape them the way you would like them to be, you know, because just not somebody says this is tradition, it's always used to be. So what does it mean? Is it good? Is it still as good as it, you know, as it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago when they were, those rules were kind of set? Or have times changed? Or do they even fit my beliefs, you know? So I really believe that, you know, once people are starting to take ownership and, and think about what they really want, you know, there's a lot of choices you can take on the way. And that could change the world. And especially, you know, talking about teachers and, 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 and giving, uh, giving a, a status to this kind of profession, you know, um, I, I really believe that coaches and, and thinkers and, and teachers and mentors are going to be the superstars um, in the next 10, 15, 20 years. And you see it happening already. Not only sports stars or music stars, you know, um, entrepreneurs, it's, it's, it's people that think differently, that lead by with, with uh, um, um, spreading their ideas, you know? Yeah. Um, Guys like Simon Sinek, for example, or Vishen Lakhiani, or Richard Branson, or, you know, like people that, that, that um, live a certain way, that, that have accomplished a lot, but using the power, or, 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 or uh, um, Bill Gates, you know, and his, and his wife. Yeah, using their, and then, then Pena, the same thing, you know, or, 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 you know, there's so much truth in that, you know, so much that I, that I, that I don't like. You know, hearing, for example, listening especially to this guy, for example. But at the same time, there's a lot of truth behind it too, in many ways, and putting the mirror in, in, front, of, in front of people. But I think those kind of people are going to be the big leaders in the future because this, it is uncertain times. Everything is fueled by fear. A lot of people make a lot of money by other people being scared mm -hmm. or fearing everything. Um, there's a big, there's for sure, there's a system behind it, you know. Um, but... Uh, but people who step out of this and, and, and start uh, spreading um, different beliefs and uh, helping people with their own fears, you know, and there's, you know, it's uncertain times, you know, um, everywhere. And it's getting, you know, at the speed of things happening, you know, information, it, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so different, you know, it changes so fast and, and, and really smart people say, you know, the, 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 the changes, you know, that happened and, you know, that happen every year now. And it's not like there's going to be disruptive changes, you know, every 10 years or every 15 years. It's, it's more likely that, you know, there's dif disruption is going to happen like, you know, every second year now, you know, even faster and faster. So it's hard to keep up. It's really hard to keep up. It, people are stressed. And, 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 and if there's this guiding light somewhere, somebody who says, you know what, I helped in a way. Look, look, look like guys like Tony Robbins, or, uh, I agree. for example, you know, 
look at, I mean, there's millions and millions of people, you know, well, obviously he's making huge money doing that, but there's nothing wrong with it as long as he's, you know, what the message and he's really helping people. I think that's great, but those are going to be the next superstars, I think. I agree a hundred percent. Even just like, there's just such an uptick in, in like a demand for mentorship because mm-hmm. of how fast paced business is now. And that's like the trend. It's like, you want to be able to not only establish your business quick, but be able to anticipate the trends coming in within the industry that you're in. So then that way you can always stay ahead of the curve and be that trendsetter almost real quick, Dieter. Um, got one more thing that I'd like to ask you and I really appreciate your your ambition just your passion you know you're a very positive guy and you know you have this you know you mentioned the spiritual approach of you know even when something bad happens in your life the ability to let go can help you move forward in life because you can't look forward if you're always looking behind you but I want to wrap up with one question um for you, which is, you know, do you have any goals in particular, say for the next three, five years for yourself? Well, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm doing what, when I, when I told you about uh, how I look at challenges, you know, that uh, um, I'm trying something that you feel uncomfortable with or that you don't know how how good you're going to be in just, just for the purpose of getting that feeling and then deciding if it's something you want to go for in the future or you decide not to do. Um, what, I, what I'm doing right now, for example, is I, I totally stepped out of my comfort zone, um, meaning um, the business and of hockey and the business of sport in particular that I grew up with. You know, I, know everyth- I don't know everything, you know, but I feel really comfortable in this. Um, in, in this environment. I know the steps, I know uh, the, the patterns, I know the blueprint of what to do. You know, it doesn't mean I'm going to be successful in everything, but I can live in that environment, you know. But um, um, having the chance, you know, and I took a year off now almost um, um, from, from that life because I was getting tired. I was burned out. No, not burned out, but, you know, I didn't have the same kind of passion I had before. I wanted to find out, and that was the, that's the reason why I named my podcast for example 74 once more 74 is my birth year 74 used to be the number on my jersey for many years what i was what i was famous for that number 74 so 74 is the date my two first daughters were born the 7th of april 2010 so it means a big a big deal for me um, emotionally um, but once more is, you know, finding out what is more in life than what I already know. This is not, this is not enough. There is more. There is more to learn. There's something to, to explore. There's something, there's more happiness. Finding that new passion, that new goal, um, that's really important to me. And in order to be able to do that, I had to step out of my comfort zone and take up a completely new challenge where nobody cares, nobody gives a crap about who I am, where I come from, what I know and what I don't know. I start at the same level like everywhere else, everybody else, you know, learning about myself, about the new stuff and finding out, is this something for me? Can I be good at it? How can I use it? Showing me into a different path. Um, so if you ask me where I want to be in three to five years, you know, I want to build something for me and my family where I know I can use everything that made me um, 
to who I am, to who I am um, right now. And that's the sport. That's becoming a professional in life through the things I learned in sports. That's going to help me a big deal. And building something that's going to secure, um, that's going to grow and it's going to stay, it's going to be there to last, you know. Um, that's something, that's a goal that I have. Um, at the same time, um, helping as many people on the way there doing that and um, helping people on the way, being a mentor for people that, that, uh, um, that don't make the same mistakes that I made on the way, um, the road that I was taking. Um, that's something that's going to be really important for me. Um, and that's where, that, that, that's where I can be really good at. That's where my love is and my passion is. So I don't have any specific goals. Let's say like uh, I, I want to make, uh, you know, hundred million in re re revenue in my new business in the next five years, you know, stuff like this. I cannot tell you that. It's more on an emotional and spiritual level that, uh, that I can see where my goals are, you know, and then uh, enjoy the ride. Absolutely. And I honestly, I really would love to dive deeper with you next time we could do a part two and we could really get deep into your mindset, into your spiritual approach in life. And we could really dive deep into that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dieter Colt. He's the host of his podcast 74 once more, and you can subscribe to his podcast on iTunes, anchor, Spotify, Google podcast, pocket podcast, and Radio Public as well. He's on all different platforms. He's coming here with an inspiring message. We've gone very deep into how to become more successful, what leadership's all about, how you can become not just more successful in business, but more successful in life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Steve Zekas, host of the Dominate the Deal podcast, the Sinatra Swap, signing off on another kick-ass, value-packed episode of Dominate the Deal. And until next time, dominate your life, but more importantly, dominate the deal. Thank you for coming on, Dieter. Thanks a lot for having me, Stephen. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Yeah.